Halifax Town are still top of the league and we've got the clash of the season. Shishkin versus Inergimin is happening. It's happening before Cheltenham in the Clarence House chase at Ascot on Saturday. Jim, I guess people have been moaning all year saying we're not having good horses taking each other on. I had this week's worst opinion on racing Twitter when I said it might not be the worst thing in the world if they dodged it. Uh, everyone bullied me for that. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing this is happening. I want to see good horses running against each other and that's what we're getting on Saturday. Yeah, certainly. Um, really looking forward to, to the duel that we're going to be seeing. We, we see it more often on the flat. Uh, than we do over jumps but this week there's been a lot of build up and this morning it was a slight bit of excitement wasn't it it was like the, like the final of the X Factor or something where Dermot O'Leary's holding his cars he's like Anergamine is in oh, and then it's like we have to go to a f- advertising break to find out that Nicky Henderson's declared Shishkin I found it all very exciting um, so hopefully the race doesn't um, disappoint in, in any way shape or form and hopefully that we want we want a clear winner, but we want to leave a little door open to go. Maybe if so and so had jumped the second last, better maybe he'd have, maybe he'd, he'd have beat, beaten him just to leave it open for uh, a rematch at Cheltenham. So uh, an exciting weekend. I'm just wondering how many more weeks we can keep Halifax down at the top of the league. Um, <laughs> we can't open the podcast with that every every week until we actually go up. Until we go up. Right. Simple as. Um, But uh, Nicky Henderson's got some of his big boys out this weekend and hopefully uh, he can prevail with that after an excellent week last week. Yeah. Done a cracking weekend last weekend for Nicky. Unleashed a proper one as well. Midweek with walking on air who I was really, really taken by. I know, you know, after Dyson Dynamo won their last... Last weekend, I guess all the uh, piss on bonfire merchants were back out when they can't all be they can't all be aeroplanes. I'm sorry, right? If 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 you gave me the choice to run Dice at Dynamo, John Bond and Constitution Hill in the champion hurdle against Honeysuckle over what Epiton, Charger and Zana here, I'd pick the three novices. Zana. Yeah, so let us enjoy the good horses. Christ, he says, as he as he wants Shishkin and Energamine to run at Cheltenham and not at Ascot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? No, what, what what I was saying that was that, you know, everyone going on and on about how by the national hunt pattern's broken and uh, how everything how the only thing horses do nowadays is dodge each other. Which I think if you look at this season, has has there been any dodging? I can't um... I can't think of anything. Shishkin missed the Tingle Creek when he was meant to go for it, but that was due to an injury. We got Brave Man's game against uh, Ahoyce and Yaw in the Carto Star, the two top-rated British novice chasers. You know, the two uh, sorry, uh, over three miles. Edward Stone and third time lucky with that in the Henry VIII, and they had a go at each other. You know, the Tingle Creek when I met Shishkin in the Desert Orchid, I know, you know, it wasn't a vintage Tingle Creek, but, you know, you know, Gretchen was off the, coming off the back of a, of a grade one win. Uh, over hurdles, I mean, in this country, I know, I know the sh- you know, everything's bad, but at least we've got the two highest rated hurdlers, two mile hurdlers in Britain, dead heating in the fighting fifth. You know, was it the, uh, has there been so as much dodging as has been made out? I don't think there has. Mm, I agree. 
Um, I think it's just people's heads around Nicky Henderson dodging and ducking and diving. Yeah, it's entirely you know, it's entirely down to what happened with Altior last year, and the fact that how you know he kind of Nicky wants to wants to I guess win races, but Paul Nichols has done the exact same, saying you know Hitman's going to the game spirit because he's likely to win it. Mm. It makes sense, and you know I'm again I'll 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 be a villain again and say that. If I train John Bond on Constitution Hill, they'll be running. They'd be running in different races because I'd want to win them both. Well, there's a lot of angry listeners now. <laughs> I, I, I completely get it from a racing fan's point of view, but I don't think Nicky's, you know, Nicky's bottling it if he runs them in different races because is it not the sensible thing to do? Yeah, but I suppose he's never had a problem running certain horses against each other before, has he? No, and I've not, to be fair, I've not looked at what Nicky ran in the Ballymore the years. He had the likes of, you know, Splinter Sacker and Spirit Sun run against each other. And I don't think it'd be Nicky being scared as such, but, you know, if you can win both, why wouldn't you? That, that, that'd be my, that'd be my, my reasoning behind it. I, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as a dodge or a bottle. If, if Nicky ran them both in the Ballymore, because Dice at Dynamo is winning in the Supreme, and that's a bottle. But I don't think splitting two of his own horses up is. Uh, more poor opinions from me next week, probably. <laughs> New feature on this podcast every week. Oh, I. Oh, I. It is Ascot, though, Jim. Uh, there's good good racing at Haydock in Taunton and Lingfield this weekend as well. So much. Might be a little bit of a quick rattle through some of it. We'll start with Ascot, Jim. There's an opening juvenile hurdle. And a half decent class three handicap chase uh, to start the card. Do you have an opinion on either of those races? You know, nothing, nothing strong opinions, but that, that Ascot Juvenile Hurdle looks fairly decent. Hayedo uh, was a nice winner at Hereford for Harry Redknapp last time. He certainly there were a bit of a gamble on him that day. And Irish Hill looked impressive uh, on his Juvenile Hurdle in debut. Um, the seconds in this race as well. And uh, the skeletons have got Dr. Dr. Parnassus who wasn't a bad horse on the flat. So um, an interesting race, no strong opinions, but one that I'll certainly be keeping an eye on towards the Boodles uh, for a few of them. Well, don't mention that race this early in the urgent Christ. <laughs> it's nearly me. February. It's nearly time. I don't want any mention of the Boodles until about two days before it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Or not interested. Uh, I actually quite like putting on the Boodles. I find it a hilarious race. And it's it's one of them where you can try and try and look clever by making a case of some thirty three to one shot that inevitably finishes eighteenth. Uh, <laughs> Cat Tigers running in the handicap chase for David Maxwell. I you know you'd expect uh, the entry Fox not to be his plan as well. He is fav for that. Again, it's not a race I'd particularly want to get stuck into on on form. He probably should should win it. Didero Wallace second fav there. Uh, for Venetia and Lucy Turner, who has the biggest ride of her career later on the card. Uh, the 145, though, is the Holloway's Handicap Hurdle. This is a good race, Jim, uh, and they currently bet Gary Claremont best price 4-1 to one, to be unexpected party at 9-2, Stella Magic 11-2, Fis Dudery 8, 9 Smurfy Yankee, 10's Cateson. And Son Sonny Gino fourteen to one. 
bar them, mate. Uh, any strong opinion on this? Yeah, there's there's two horses who I like in this. The first one I'll start with is Stella Magic. Um, I really liked what he did in his two novices at Taunton. Um, one very impressively beating some nice horses, including Alan Philippe, who didn't who ran very eye-catchingly in that Potemps race last week. All a bit the only horse that we all fancied finished seventh in that Potemps race. Um, obviously, something was amiss at, at Warwick. He was pulled up down the back straight fairly early on, and um, something wasn't right. But uh, it was a, a very satisfactory return uh, in that handicap hurdle at Haydock behind up for parole. I thought he, I, I thought he won the race in, in the dying strides, but up for parole was a, a game bugger and, and didn't lie down and he just couldn't get the better of him late on and um, he'll only improve for that, that run uh, strip fitter for it and I think he'll go very well here. Um, Philip Hobbs's horses are very in and out at the minute so that would be a slight worry but uh, he's a horse who I, who I think has a nice handicap hurdle off, uh, in him. Uh, and I know he's gone up four pounds for finishing second, but I don't think that was a bad run at all. Um, and I, I think 11 to 2 is a fair enough price about him. Uh, unexpected party um, got beat by a horse who I think is running at Haydock, who I, I quite like the chances of uh, later on in the cards. And he was just outstayed by him last time um, over two mile five, dropping back to two furlongs. Um, unexpected party was second to Gowell Road, Gowell Road who um, didn't didn't run awfully that badly in, in a, a nice race, uh, four-runner race, when beating Sawyer in glory. So um, I think unexpected party, there's, there's races to be winning off him, uh, off his mark as well. I know he, he started off rated 109 and he soon rocketed up the weights for them two good runs, but um, I think there's a nice race to be won with him as well. Um, but Stella Magic could be the most uh, stronger selection in this. I, I think he'll go very well. Um, and also a shout out to Angolo, who I've only just realised he's now with Anne Duffield um, and not running around the, the fields of Ireland. Yeah, that's fair enough, Jim. I completely see the case for Stella Magic. He'd be in one of my two. Uh, if I were to if I were to narrow it down to two, but I do think the one with the the best chance of winning is probably the Fav Gary Claremont, who's held his form rather well this season. I like I like him staying uh, stepping up in trip. Seems like he'll he'll appreciate this more than he will do over two miles. You know that that race Tritonic one was was a well 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 up to scratch. Uh, for a for a Betfair Exchange Trophy and prize that he was only just beaten by Captain Morgs at Ascot, who was a very very well handicapped horse on the day. Comes here off top weight, uh, but I think on what he's shown this season, the mark of one four three is fair. And I I'd hope the extra couple of furlongs would bring a bit of further improvement out of him. Uh, unexpected party should have won last time and he bottled it uh, and he, he he ruined my muggy. Odds on five Boxing Day Acker of about 10 horses. He was the only one that got beat. So I surely can't be supporting him here. Uh, <laughs> and, and yes, yeah, Stella Magic is... You know, there's reasons to think he, he should be capable of surpassing his his current mark of 137. One he beat Pay the Piper in a point back in the day as well. So, you know, you know obviously he was very, very highly, highly thought of last season as well before the wheels came off at Warwick. But can't complain at all with what he did last time out behind a horse. I'm a big fan of him up for parole. So 
they, they'd be the two with fractional preference for Gary Claremont for me. Yeah, fair. And uh, I think the main selection for me in this will be Stella Magic. Fair enough, mate. We'll move on then to the 220, the Warfield Mayor's Hurdle. What a race this was last season as well. That was one of the most I've ever enjoyed watching a horse rock, uh, the way Roxanne absolutely just battered her opposition in this last year. She was absolutely phenomenal. What a mare. One of you know, very close to one of my one of my all-time favourites, Roxana. Uh, but Western Victory, who's now with Emma Lavelle, joint five to two, five with Molly Ollie's Vicious, my sister Sarah, eleven to four, eleven's anything for love. Sixteen's good old white hot chili filler, an impressive lady. A winner last time out is twenty to one. Jim I guess the two at the top of the two at the top of the betting are both rather likeable mares who've been going about business well recently. Uh, Molly Olivish's for the Skeletons, Western Victory was with Declan Quealy. First start uh, for a new yard here. Where would you lean? For me, it'd be Molly Ollie's wishes, um, looking the, to do the same as what the Skeletons did in the race last year, as you've already mentioned. I was very, very impressed with uh, how she brushed aside Miranda at Weatherby. Um, Skelton made full use of her knowing that stamina was to her forefront and over two miles she just dominated and um, never really got anywhere near her. And, um, and then a step up in class in, into that grade two coral hurdle behind possible champion hurdle, entry hurdle, sort of hot, sorts of horses. Uh, and I don't think she was embarrassed in the end. Uh, just looked slightly one-paced and uh, against some quicker horses and buzz sung for someone guard your dreams of Goshen are probably um, the best that we've got at the minute in England, um, which is a bit sorry look, sorry look to it, but um, I, I think that Molly Ollie's wishes wasn't disgraced in that. Um, she went on a nice winning sequence last season uh, and this is a lot easier than the race that she ran in last time and uh, back against her own sex and I, I think she's got a cracking chance. Yeah, I'd agree with you and I'd probably have uh, Molly Ollie's wishes as the clear fav. Obviously, she wasn't quite quite at her best last time out, even even though the race was stronger than what she's usually been contesting and what she's contesting here. I don't think she was she was anywhere near her best on, on that occasion. That being said, though, the, the step back up to uh, three miles should be well up her street. You know, I was surprised she was quick enough to beat Miranda over two at Weatherby. You know, and her form in against the boys reads really, really well. Western Victory is a, is a crack in there. You know, <laughs> proved, proved very, very game. Obviously, a listed winner at Gordon earlier in the season, over two, and then won. A little bit of a strange race at, at Clonmel in very, very good fashion early in December. It was a race with a, a, a bit of a, an odd group of horses all to be running in a three-mile hurdle, but all St. was third. Uh, I think Molly Ollie's wishes is probably is probably the one that boosts both stronger form, possibly back up to three miles. You could expect it to step forward more on what she's done this season. Western Victory is nice as she is. is nine-year-old and has had quite a lot of racing already. Yeah, very much agreed. Um, my sister Sarah the step down to two miles far probably didn't see her to the best and, and, and back up to three miles here I think she'll be more competitive I, I think Molly Ollie's wishes will beat my sister Sarah and that, I might play the forecast um, just looking at it now 
I'll just have a look, Jim. Uh, I want to. I want to find what price Molly Ollie's wishes is for the mayor's hurdle, because would she not pretty much be Britain's number one at the minute, and she wouldn't be as silly, as silly each way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. She's probably the best we've got at the minute. Um, best price, 33 to 1, but general 20s. Ooh, might be of interest. Yes, I think it, I think that is of interest to me. And I might have a little look on that. Indefatigable is the shortest... Indefatigable and Martello Sky, the two shortest price British contenders. But as you'd expect, Mayor's Hurdle betting dominated by Ireland, the uh, top eight... Pretty much Irish. Tell me something, girl. Four to one, five. Despite having not won a race this season, uh, after a couple of attempts, but you'd expect her to be a much better horse come Cheltenham, would you not? Anyway, moving away from from Cheltenham talk, the two twenty is the race we just covered. Good effort, Lewis. Uh, the two fifty five is the bet three six five handicap chase. Uh, Fanny and Destreval, top weight here. Very, very impressive in a handicap last time. This is Lucy Turner's uh, biggest career ride so far, and she's a fairly competent jockey. Uh, he's 5-1, to one, but Palmer's Hill 3 is looking to make a hat-trick. Heads are betting. As you said, Fanny and Destreval, 5s. Phoenix Way, 6 the same price, Killer Clown. 8's Golden Whiskey, Amurden Louis. 9th Night in Dubai, and 14-1, to one, Larry. This is a good race, Jim, full of horses I like. Yeah, I agree, and, uh, and it looks... Look, certainly exciting. We saw Killer Clown, uh, who you fancy strongly uh, early season, win at Wing Canton fairly impressively and up seven for that. Uh, the only Tim Siders have been reeling in the winners of recent times and uh, he certainly warrants his place here after winning, was it last season, the, 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 the Kempton uh, handicap, uh, novice handicap early on. Um, he was impressive in that and, and was only improving from that and he dropped to a nice mark. Um, he's up to his high, his career high mark now off 142, uh, which is understandable for that performance he did last time. But um, I think he might struggle a little bit here. But I, if he can find any more improvement off that mark, I'd be wary of him. Um, the horse that I probably like the most is the Harry Fry train Phoenix Way. Um, stepped up to three miles last time um, for... <laughs> For what? Well, it was a good race on paper, but for me, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about. It. I mean, uh, Jerry's back didn't run too badly in the Classic Chase, and um, and Sam, um, we haven't seen since. So th- there's not a lot we can take. But I'm. I'm not. He just beat more exposed rivals, and uh, going into this, this will be a tougher test. But um, I think he'll be a lot more competitive here. Uh, Kevin Brogan taking his three off his back. Uh, back down in trip to 2-5. Uh, Ascot's a, a, a track that he's gone well before and um, I think this might be his trip and, and this might be up his street and I think at 6-1 to one, he offers a fair amount of value for me. Fair enough, mate. Phoenix Way was beat rather convincing last time by Palmer's Hill. I've backed him both, both of his stats this season and I was so keen on him uh, when he ran at Newbury first time out as well and he ran an absolute stinker. But he's a sort of horse where it's going to drop for one day. I have no doubt about that. I don't think I'll be with him on Saturday, though, just because I think this looks like, like a competitive and strong affair. You know, people who listen to this will know that I'm generally a fan of Killer Clown. Uh, backed him when he won at Wincanton last time, up to one four two, which is, a, you know, he's a sort of mark he has looked capable of, of performing off 
in the day, I think he was a very leniently handicapped horse last time, and I, I wouldn't say he's mega overfaced by one for two. That being said, I was shocked Palmer's Hill was only up eight for what he did last time. And as much as I like Fanny and Destraval, and it Lucy Turner's claim means he only gives ten pound away to the field rather than seventeen. She's still a good chunk, but you know, I say he's a classic example of a graded horse in a handicap. Seventeen pounds officially superior to everything else in this, and he's still the youngest horse in the field. But I can't have that. Palmer's Hill won't be able to defy one four two. I'm more confident about him being able to do that. And possibly Fanny and Desreval being able to give all the lumps of weight away here. You know, we've I'd say a, a, a competent claimer on board in Lucy Turner. No, no issue with her at all. But it's a tough one because I think if Palmer's Hill wasn't wasn't in this, I'd be keen on Fanny and Desreval just having enough talent about him to to want this lot. But I think the Fav is a horse who was progressing. Really nicely this season, you know, looking for the hat tricks. One up, one up at Weatherby earlier in the year as well. And he's, he he just strikes me as a horse going the right way, and he's just going to be ahead of his mark really once again here. If I, I think the handicap would have been justified for giving him another three or four pounds, to be fair, for what he did to Phoenix Way last time. So I kind of have to stick with him here. Yeah, that's fair. I, I've got slight. Uh, concerns about Fanny and Destreval going at Ascot. He ran in the Clarence House, did he? Um, was it last year? And he just never looked uh, in love with the track, if I'm, not, uh, if I'm honest. And, um, I, I just think Ascot, maybe the step up in trip uh, might help him uh, in comparison to last year. We know that he's capable of this trip already, but um, I just feel like it's slightly too sharp for him and he just can't quite getting a rhythm like tracks like Newbury uh, where we've seen him at his best suit him a lot more and Ascot is well quite a bit different to that yeah I, I guess I guess that's fair enough uh, are you able to find out whether he's in the Ryanair I'll be able to find out because if he wins Tommy and Destreval's in the, in the Ryanair yeah yeah if, if he wins this he's an each way contender is he not off, off this way probably yeah there won't be very, very many better British trained hopes for the Ryanair if, if Fannion can. I mean, technically it'll be a racing rate of one five one five two, but still, you know, to win this off, giving so much weight away would be, would be a real statement of intent that he might be a horse ready for another crack at the top level as he looked like he may be at one point in his youth. Uh, Palmer's Hill for me though. On to the three thirty five, the eagerly anticipated. Clarence House Chase and the bet Shishkin, best price 8 to 11. Energimine 7 to 4, 12 to 1 first flop, and 100 to 1 for good old Amula Gold, who was a cracking animal in his own right. Uh, Jim, pick your way through this, mate. Uh, are you going to have a bet or will it be a watch and enjoy? Oh, it's definitely going to be a watch and enjoy. There's, not, there's no money that will be placed here, but. Um, only might place before for Shishkin for the champion chase because I genuinely think he, he's, he will beat Anergamine here. Um, I'd be interested to see what, what the tactics are. 
Um, do you see Anergamine going forward? or for, Well, first floor's more than likely going to go forward, isn't he? And Anergamine, would you sit just off the shoulder of him? I don't know. Tactically, it's fascinating. Uh, if Anergamine wants to go forward, first floor won't be able to cope with it. No. Well, uh, and if, if first floor wasn't there, and I was just, you know, I guess riding, riding Shishkin on his own merits. I'd almost be half inclined to try and to try and make all and just try and run the finish out of an argument and just ensure that he's not going to get any chance to do what he did at Cork again at Ascot. I think he will have to be an exceptional racehorse to repeat, uh, you know, that. That style of performance, really, because as we saw in the Desert Orchid, that one of Shishkin's immense strengths is how good he is at the finish of a race and how well he sees two miles out. I also think, though, he's insanely capable of sustaining a pace for a good period of time. You know, and that's kind of... Like, I, it wouldn't worry me if Shishkin took, took, took it up earlier than people may initially think is ideal, if you know what I mean, if if he got at them from a long way, because I can think he can do it for a long time. And I'm not sure whether that might get Inergimean out of his comfort zone. If I was Nico de Boimil here, I would be aggressive. Well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. Um, I, I'd have a target directly on Townsend back. I know that I'm a quicker Shishkin, in my opinion, is a quicker horse than uh, Anergamine. So I'd be using Shishkin's turn of speed. I know he does have that flat spot that he, he, he can hit, and sometimes you, you think he's he beat, um, and he's not. But I, I just think I'd just follow everywhere Anergamine goes, and then coming around the bend for home, bend pounce. But would, would that not half leave it? open to say because we you know Shishkin is likely to hit a flat spot well he probably will you know he takes riding and I don't mind I don't mind him being off the bridle because like Altior he finds off the bridle you know one of one of his strengths like he said is how good he is he is when he's pushed and asked asked to respond uh, I kind of have been me down as a little bit more of a travelly thing maybe because we've not we've not really had to see him Seem scrap properly yet, but I guess if you you know if you rewatch the desert orchid, there is kind of half a second before they turn for home. Where you're like, right, Shishkin might have a race on here, and then he quickened. It's it's I don't think it's quite an instantaneous press of the button, but it's how quickly he can go from looking not in trouble, but looking as if a race might occur to having one set up. The thing is, I, I have no problem with anything Inergamine has, has ever done. And I guess in form, I, look, in form terms, he's not beaten a horse of anywhere near this calibre yet, has he? No. That's, that's, that's something to, to start with. Shishkin beat a Tingle Creek win the last time. 
and you know won what I consider to be a, a strong arc last year, even though it was light numerically. You know, all mankind and El Dorado Allen have proven that they are, you know, genuine at least grade two horses, you know, and, and probable place contenders in, in bad grade ones. So Shishki, we definitely know, carries a stronger fob. I I just don't, I'm just not sure whether Inergamine in tactically may be a bit more one-dimensional than Shishkin. Mm-hmm. And that's almost why I kind of, like to, I don't think it'll be happen. I think it'll, I think it'll pan out exactly like you said, like Shishkin will sit behind an Ergamine and, and pounce, you know, when Nico wants to press the button. But I guess that kind of, that, that does leave, I guess, an area of, of possibility, a slight one. But maybe not slight, because I say he's seven to four to in a grade one, you know, a possibility that Anergamine himself might be able to quicken more than Shishkin, which I don't think is a is a a ridiculous thing to suggest that Shishkin who you know responds off the bridle and, and, and can hit a flat spot. There might be a period where an argument might be able to take a few lengths out of him. And that's kind of why I'd like to see Shishkin go, right, I'm going to get you out of your comfort zone, lad. And we attack the fences, we go at it from a fair way out. Because Shishkin would stay, I mean, Shishkin would stay three miles, wouldn't he? He'd stay King King George trip. Easy. I have no doubt about that. And that's kind of what, what I'd want to see. Obviously, that would not be hard to pull off, but it'd probably require him having a harder race. Uh, like you said, I, I think the sit and pounce is a likelier option. And I probably think Shishkin beats him no matter, well, not no matter what, but I've backed him at 8 to 11. I'd make him shorter. Mm, interesting. That you were very strong and worried about an ergamine last season going into Cheltenham, and uh, you were so hot on Shishkin that then all of a sudden an ergamine uh, turned up, and yeah, and you were slightly worried. But there's a vast uh, difference in that, Jim. Just go on. The amount of money I had on him for doing the arc. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the amount of money I've got on him doing the Clarence House because I know that in Ergamine exists now <laughs> yeah well fair enough when, uh, I, was, but first when all... I was putting him all winter for the Arkle I had no idea who in Ergamine was <laughs> it never even crossed your mind who he was um, but first floor um, first floor adds this interesting dimension to it you know that he does so well at Ascot um, we all wrote him off last year saying he won't win the Clarence House and he beat Politologue, uh, Fanny and Destraval. Uh, not too <laughs> Well, he's, he's still won it, hasn't he? Um, yeah, don't he, he, he's a grand horse, but he will play a minimal part in this, I anticipate. And I wouldn't be surprised if, just given how quick Inergamine can go, whether first flow was still leading even after six furlongs a mile. Mm, fair enough. Um, but an absolutely fascinating renewal. Credit to both connections for going uh, for this because they could have easily dodged and dirt 
dived ev- everywhere all over this and gone to other places. But um, they're taking each other on. Hopefully, it's it, it's a, a proper scrap, and then we see the rematch at Cheltenham. Yeah, spot on, mate. That and that, that was was just my my reasoning behind what I was thinking. The sport gains loads from this. It does gain loads, but like I say, I, I do think that there is a minor loss to Cheltenham if it's a twenty eleven beating and the and we lose the we lose a big clash and a big angle. You know, a rematch if if there's less than you know five length between them and there's a little bit of a hard luck story or so or a tactical mishap. Then we've got a you know we've got a proper rematch that that we can look forward to, but I don't know I I don't want another freeze on freeze on falls on five at Cheltenham when, he, when a couple of months ago it looked like we were going to have the clash of the titans as people are saying and we're not mentioned him but I like a mule of gold uh, he'll finish fourth here but he's a nice horse and <laughs> if, the, if the handicap is kind as he has been doing this season maybe uh, you know him down a few pounds from 151 so he can have a chance in the Grand Annual. What was the skeleton horse that they kicked off at for finishing third? Was it behind Altior and Cernic? Yeah, Solomon Gray. <laughs> they kicked off about his handicap. Mark. Let's hope they don't do the same. Oh, no, sorry, that was the one against Altior and Cernic. They also ran Maracuja. That's the one. In the Clarence house. Uh, yeah, who then got a, a daft mark. Uh, but Shishkin for me, mate, and I guess that I say, I think 8 to 11 is a price and I think it'll go off much shorter on the day. Yeah, not not a race I'm, I'm going to be having a bet in, but I, I, for the likeliest, I think Shishkin will get the better of an ergamine. It's not it's nothing original, but um, I'm, I'm worried I'm worried how an ergamine they'll take to first floor pestering him at the front. I'm not. I think he'll just brush him aside. Uh, <laughs> but... We'll move on to Haydock, Jim, your local track. And th- th- there are some stars out at Haydock at the weekend as well. It's a, it's a, it's a card me and you have been to before, Jim, and it's, it's, it's always, always an entertaining one. The Rossington main novices hurdle uh, sees John Bond as nine to four on Fav to beat my tyre eleven to two, nine to one Richmond Lake, twenties bar them, Jim, uh, John Bond supremacy. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him out. Um, of course, they've looked the length and breadth of Great Britain to try and find a two-mile novice hurdle for him to run in, uh, and they finally found it. And uh, he takes on uh, not bad competition in, in my tie, who was withdrawn at, uh, at Haydock early on in the season uh, in that listed race that Barrichello uh, was the, what, the Barrichello win, I think, off the top of my head. So if there's yeah. any softening in the ground, my tie will probably not not be seen there. Um, he got blitzed by Constitution Hill. So it'll be interesting to see and gauge where Constitution his, Hill and John Bon are in comparison because they're both run against my tie. We, we sort of know where we stand with him. Um, he just wins, doesn't he? And, and we'll see what what happens from there. Would you shorten him for the market? Probably not after this. It's not as him, not unless he goes and blitzes him by 30 lengths and he'll probably go off favourite. Um, but John Bond, of course, hefty price tag, uh, beautiful pedigree. What more would you like? And and hopefully he can deliver the goods to uh, to the Lancashire track. I'd like more people to like him. Because, you know, having the money, money that was spent on him and the... 
you know, obviously his pedigree and his connections and the reputation. There are so many people on Twitter want this horse to be bad. And I love that he keeps sticking the fingers up at him. I've even, even seen tweets today along the lines of, oh, John Bond's done nothing. You know, he's beaten bad horses. Colonel Mustard at Nappers Hill. One was placed in a grade two last season. What a grade one was it at uh, Punchestown behind Echoes in Rain? Nappers Hill was probably the best bumper horse in Britain last season and had made a cracking start. And then and then it's John Bond. John Bond's only won farcically, you know, won farcically won races. They're farcically won because they're trying to beat him. They're trying to wind him up and unsettle him. He's not winning because the farcically won. He's winning in spite of it. Give him a proper target to weigh him at, he'll be even better. Uh, he probably won't get that this time, to be fair. I won't be surprised if he's just tried to let him bowl along. But my eyes are a fine, fine, fine rival for him as well. Don't get me wrong, good horse. But I, I, I think John Bond should be more than capable of giving him five pounds and a beat in here. Uh, one thing I would, I'd also think, when people compare, I don't want to go into a bit of a supreme, go into too much depth on the supreme as well. But again, I've, I've seen other people saying Constitution Hill's form is stronger than John Bond's, which I, I, I find insane because. But if my tie doesn't run uh, at Sandown first time and meets Constitution Hill for the first time in the Tolmouth, my tie goes off second fav, doesn't it? Yeah. So the form of so people bigging up the Tolmouth form. Well, the horse he beat last time out would definitely have been second favourite in it. So it, it's not it's not that good. The Kennelgate to me was a stronger race, even though it was a bit of a, a silly one. Uh, no, I, maybe I'm a bit, a bit OTT on on my John Bond like him, and I've not I've not backed him for the Supreme, and I probably won't have a bet in the race until close to the time, and even then it might not be John Bond. But I feel like I I want to get behind him because I feel like every bit of criticism he's got so far, none of it's his fault, and all of it is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> In it, and you know who you are as well. I'll, I'll come for you. Me and me and JP and Frank Berry will come for you, and we'll make you finish sixth in a potential qualifier. Uh, <laughs> at two o'clock is the new one hurdle. Uh, it's a good job it's not called the Champion Hurdle Trial anymore, so we can't laugh at that. Uh, but Tommy's Oscar eleven to eight uh, on five to beat Hunter's Call at five to two. 12s Navajo pass, 14 to 1 Rocket End, 25 to 1 Global Season, 50 to 1 Garo Dejui. Jim, this, this is a disgrace. This was registered as a champion hurdle trial, and there's this whole we've got. Christ. I mean, to, no offence to Tommy's Oscar, who's been great for the Hamiltons this season and, and throughout his career. Um, eight wins from 21 stars. What more could you ask for? Um, on a steep up progression throughout the year, kicking off that Haydock win. Uh, over two, three, winning at Donny and then winning at Musselburgh the other week um, into graded company where he's been found out before in the past but not embarrassed. This isn't a, a vintage grade two uh, and you can expect to see him be there or thereabouts and you'd be disappointed if he doesn't get his head in front. Um, Hunter's Calls been a handicapper in big fields who I've been following off the play for a while Um the one time he, he pops up at Bangor, he, he wins uh, when I've not backed him. He was, ran a creditable race in the international 
Um, he's a horse that likes to be smuggled in from the back and, and kept quiet after a, a hot tempo. And uh, that's what he enjoys. Where at the age of 12, you'd be a bit disappointed to see him winning this. Um, Navajo's pass. We saw him um, win this back in uh, back last year. Um, all a bit. It was Bouvadere and, and Bally Andy. Uh, just two other rivals, which I'll tell you what makes it just why is this even still a race? I think my tie should have been entered in this, and then he he could have uh, had a crack at Tommy's Oscar. Um, and further down, you, you're scratching your heads. So a confusing race, but a horse who we saw win this race in 2019, and if on a going day, Global Citizen is a horse that could probably spring a surprise here. And at 25 to 1, he's a, he's a risk I'd be willing to take. Ben Pauling's horses have been running really well, and Keelan Woods has been in red hot form in recent weeks. Um, we saw him win this race, beating Silver Street in 2019. Um, very, very keen. Got galloping and, uh, and let him go. That's the only other time he's been to the track, and, and he's won there. So, Global Citizen's a horse who I'd be willing to take a risk on at 25s here. Um, betting without the favourite and betting with the favourite each way. I know there's the only only the six runners, but the two places certainly interest me. And I, I think at 25s is is possibly a slight overreaction in comparison to Rockerden. Uh, I'd rather back Global Citizen than Rockerden. Uh, and at 25s is is a bit of value for me. I, I would literally rather watch paint dry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank God Shishkin and Amirgi been running the same afternoon. Uh, Tommy's Oscar should win it on everything he's done this season. Uh, doesn't really deserve any any other chat, if I'm honest. Uh, the 235, though, is a sort of race I absolutely live for. Here to cheer me up. Thank you, Mr. Peter Marsh, whoever you, you are, for your lovely handicap chase. Uh, Royal Pagai Freeze. Uh, to defend his title in this event. Fives, Empire Steel and Remastered. Eights, one of my favourites, Lord de Manil. Tens, Kaluki and Lakeview, lad. Twelves, Fortescue, Fourteens, Helmadam. Sixteen, Sam Brown and eighteens, Sam's Adventure. Uh, Jimbo, again, this, this, is, this is a good race, this. Lots of horses who have been doing well this season. Yeah, certainly. And Royal Pagai uh, heads the top of the market and the top of the weights here and sort of allows a few others who have who are on fairly high marks in general to sneak in off lowest weights. Of course, off 163, um, Royal Pagai loves Haydock. We saw uh, what he did in this race last year, absolutely battered his rivals um, and quite clearly relishes the, the tough going conditions there. Um, a decent enough run at, in the Betfair chase behind Aplutar, beat the rest of the field fairly comfortably all a bit. There were a few question marks and I still don't hold that form to be very strong. Um, but on softer ground here, I think he'll certainly enjoy it. Uh, had a little issue and a little injury, which saw him not run at Kempton, which probably wasn't the the, the worst thing because he's, he's not a horse that strikes me as a Kempton style of horse. Um, and you can understand why, the, why they're going here. Three to one's possibly a little bit short for a horse who's got to carry a lot of weight against some slightly less unexposed rivals. Um Remastered's a, a horse that looked like he was going to have a very, very good chance when coming down uh, in the Labrooks Trophy. Um, 
I mean, you have to say it was disappointing in the Tommy Whittle, but he was carrying a big weight for such a young horse, um, just out-battled out by Ancard and uh, probably in the end just slightly disappointing for me. Um, he travelled like the winner, though. He travelled like the winner, but just didn't find as much as expected, and maybe we would have seen that in the in the uh, in the Labrooks Trophy as well. Um, Empire Steel's another horse who's been travelling really well into his races. Uh, he fell in the Roland Merrick um, far out when going very very well, and he did the he did the same at Haydock behind Strictly a Dancer. He tra- maybe he bumped into a well handicapped horse who was on a roll at the time, but he travelled very well into the race and didn't find an awful lot under pressure. So that'd be a slight worry for me. I know, I know he's got a fair amount of wins next to his name, um, but he's a horse that seems to travel very very well on the bridle. Uh, Brian Hughes will he's a great rider to, to smuggle horses into races like that so it's interesting he gets the ride here uh, on a horse so I think that will certainly suit uh, Lord de Manier looks to looks to become one of the few that, that have ever done the Haydock four-timer with the uh, Tommy Whittle last fling uh, and the Grand National trial and the Peter Marsh is the last leg in, in the the prestigious Haydock four, four of staying chases and uh, hopefully Lord de Manil, who always seems to run well there, uh, will have a chance here. Um, the horse that I'm probably going to side with is Fortescue. Um, I thought he ran... He stayed on strongly in the Labrooks Trophy, and I know we didn't see an awful lot of him because there was a fair distance behind, but he was staying on well. Um, he's back up to a mark of 140 after finishing second to five-star getaway, where I just think he bumped into one that day that was very well handicapped. Uh, for the style of race. I'm not entirely sure Kempton would be all to his suiting. He, he does like a big flat galloping track. Um, good bits of pieces of form. I mean, he was third river in old at Kelson, and that race hasn't worked out, uh, has worked out to be fairly all right. Um, and he knew he taking the five off again, off a low 10 storm uh, four. I think he'll, he's a bit of each way of value in, in, in what looks like a really, really good race. And, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest, but I think Fortescue's probably where I'm going to be landing at the minute. Fair enough, mate. I can see that. I, I like Fortescue in general. The one I'm with here, though, is Empire Steel. Uh, surely there's a big handicap chasing him, and he, he still looks like a well-handicapped horse. Off one for three, he would have won the role with Merrick last time out had he stood up. I'm pretty confident of that travelling. Uh you know, like like the best horse when he came down. Just just took steps forward as a novice. Sandy Thompson is a genius with staying chasers. This lad's still likely racing enough to have more up his sleeve. Uh, look, he's up another two pounds of falling, which isn't isn't something anyone anyone really wants. But on the flip side, is that if he stood up, I think he'd be up, you know, six or seven minimum. So I can't complain with that. Uh, I don't. I see no no real negatives about his chances, other than the fact that, like I said, I think this is a good race and a strong race. Uh, I'd I'd would not put anyone off remastered as well. I thought I thought he ran fine in the Tommy Whittle gym. I'm a lot more positive than you about that effort. You know, harder there trying to give give weight to a horse who was relatively featherweighted in on card and had, had shown you know very good Haydock form before. Uh, so no issue with with him doing that. One four six still looks potentially 
Liam near enough given given what he's uh, hinted at being capable of showing. And even Royal Pagai, you know, he was runner up in the Betfair chase last time out. And, you know, he's an absolute slop lover. Uh, he'll get everything right up his street today. He strikes me as the sort of horse who won't won't be averse to, you know, giving lumps of weight away. Uh, I am surprised he's as short as freeze old with opposition this decent. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I, the price is slightly off-putting for Royal Pagai for me. Yeah, I, I like this race, though, mate. Every, everything in it rated above above 140. Uh, you know, a, a real high-quality staying handicap. Probably the the best three-mile handicap chase you've seen this season outside of the Ladbrokes Trophy. Well, definitely, in fact. Yeah, probably is. Uh, before we move away from Haydock, Jim, do you want to talk about, about the Altcar Novice chase that opens the card? Or do you just think it's another disgrace? Well, I, I, there might be one of my nap competitions in, in in this race, if I'm being honest. Oh, go on, talk to me, because I know you hate Papa Tango, Charlie. I, I do. And I, again, maybe I've just got a problem with uh, big price tags on horses sometimes. But um, Shake Em Up Harry's a horse who I think really enjoyed fences. And I know that unseat next to his name probably doesn't tell the whole story. But that first last race, he, he jumped really, really well. Um, Probably just got a little bit tight to one, and and Keelan, Keelan Woods just went out the side door. Um, I watched that race back, and his jumping was the main thing to take out of that throughout. Um, his his Haydock win last time in that handicap chase was another example of an excellent round of jumping. Um, he, he beat a, a field fairly comfortably. I know that um, it's nothing in comparison to this. Um, into a graded race that is a poor graded race, if I'm being honest. But his jumping over fences is something that I've, I, I've thought was much improved upon this year and, and can find a little bit more improvement for being over fences. Um, this is a very weak grade too. Manella Drama is in the easiest race he's been in since his race at Utoxeter. Um, but he's a bit of a head case and needs to settle down a bit. And if he gets a few wrong, he, he tends to get them all wrong. Papatango Charlie's won two Carlisle races and um and, and over fences and stepping up into graded company here needs to find a little bit more improvement. He's far too short a price for me. Um but I think Shake 'em up Harry at three to one offers a lot more value uh for a horse that's improved a, a hell of a lot more over fences as he did over hurdles, and that's something that I wasn't expecting to happen. I think Manila Drama will win this, mate. It's not a strong opinion. I'm not particularly enthusiastic, but I think he was the best hurdler of this lot. And his his peak chasing form is up there uh, with what the likes of Papa Tango Charlie and Shake Him Up Harry have achieved. Obviously, they've been coming through handicaps, really, have they not? And, uh, look, I, I guess Papa Tango Charlie's Win at Carlisle reads very, very well with Carl Philippe, you know, winning winning today and Killer Kane's a horse. Maybe we haven't quite seen the best of yet, but, you know, we know how, how good Paul Taylor thinks he is and the confidence they have behind him. Uh, I think 11 to 8 is short, though, for a horse who was, you know, and I know he didn't, he didn't get loads of opportunities. Average. But, probably, but an underwhelming hurdler. 
and yeah, I'd, I I think Manella drama on what he's shown of above hurdles and fences probably should be fav here. You know, the second to Warlord is is not bad form. They were very very closely matched there, and they had a good horse in Cheddleton in third. And you know, I've taken off his feet. I just think he was in the Henry the Eighth. You know, I expect him to be better up in trip. Uh, but again, it's not a race I'm. I'm mega enthusiastic about having a bet. Well, uh, I, I think Shake 'em Up Harry at three to one offers a lot more value. Anything else for you at Haydock Park, Jim? Um, I mentioned um, I mentioned the the Brimming Wars for an unexpected party farmer. Up another seven pound for that, and I, I think he'll go very well as well. Um, nothing fancy about his price. I think he's around four to one. Um, favourite but I I think that form will turn out alright and his Haydock run prior to that wasn't too bad so stepping up to three miles I think will be what he wants Fair enough mate, there are a couple of good races at Taunton as well on Saturday, should we just have a quick chat about them mate, the 2.43 the Biowave Gold Blocks Payne Seniors Handicap Hurdle uh, it's for old boys some right, right good familiar names in this as well. I don't know what the sponsor is, Jim. I've seen them knocking about. Uh, every time I see it, in my head, it, it looks it looks like it's like Brazilian. But then I realise it's like a firm that makes like paracetamol. <laughs> God's sake. They had, a, they had a race at Ascot earlier in the year and I was, I was, it, it takes me about 10 times to read it every time I see it. Uh, Oakley's three to one five for that to beat Leon Cavallo at fours. Another Russian die in fives. Bono Wedge sevens, eights. Talking by Master Debonair tens. Bart including reserve tank. Reserve tank's a senior now. I mean it means eight eight year old and upwards, so it's not old old. Christ, appreciate it's a senior. I mean, he's had about four runs. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, who are you landing with here, Jim? If you have any opinion at all. It's not a race I'm, I'm awfully strong on. Um, just the fact that Getaway Trump's also a senior makes me feel very, very old. Um, but Getaway Trump's uh, senile. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. Not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about. Um, but anything from yourself? Uh, yep. Leon Cavallo is consistent, holds his form very, very well. Not overfaced by a mark of one three eight against a, a general bunch of, of horses who are regressive and have bit, uh, lots of them have something to prove. I see no reason why the solid option in the race uh, doesn't make appeal. And you know, he jumped so, like a snooker table last time. He jumped horrendously. It's not a it's not a consistent problem for him though, is it? Or is I, it I, maybe, I, maybe maybe I've just completely forgot about it, but I've never. I don't have Leon Cavallo down as a, as a regular awful jumper. No, neither did I, but it was woeful last time. I, I, I'm always happy enough to forgive to forgive it uh, the once, if I'm honest. Uh, yeah, t- to me, he's probably the most solid option in this race. It's not a Again, it's not it's not the strongest opinion of them all, but I'm I'm glad it exists because we don't get obviously we get the veterans changes because most horses go 
and chasing by that sort of age. So I like that we get a, a race full of uh, exposed types and not some sneaky, sneaky improver to, to ruin it for us all. The 3.15 is the uh, Portman Cup chase. Yala Renke going for the hat-trick in this. He's even money to be elegant escape at 7-2. Fives for fullback, 11-2 Ramsey's at 8 and 66 is Kudapan. So, uh, again, Yala Renke is my favourite horse in training. He eats, you know, loves races like this, has produced the best effort of any horse in this race that we've seen this season. He'd be giving them all a minimum of £9 if he was racing in a handicap. He's only giving them the four. Uh, even money is buying money. Especially He'll eat him alive. What? He'll eat him alive. I, I think you, he'll take all the beating and easily make the hat-trick. Yep, especially I'm a, I'm a big Elegant Escape fan in general as well. But he has looked... Uh, I guess maybe not. Well, he's not shown his best form, and I guess he's his shape's still quite rusty. Both starts this season. Fullbacks going the right way, but needs to prove he stays. And again, he's getting four pounds off a horse. He's rated twenty pounds inferior to Ramsey's. Has just I've just been a bit lethargic recently, is he not? Uh, for all a likely animal. I'm, I, th- I think Yalarenki will go off shorter than even money. Yeah, I, I'd take even money now. There's, there's only one bookmaker that is that at the minute. Um, elegant escape. I don't think ran too badly over two miles on his return, uh, and he travelled into the to the Welsh National not not awfully that bad when the horses weren't exactly running uh, as well as expected. Um, the stable are going a lot better now, and and, and I'd be wary of him. Uh, because you won't be surprised if he could pop up in a race like this, but uh, Yalo Enki's an a, a admirable horse, and uh, he loves this race, and he'll probably dominate from the front. Champion Bolt, we love him. Uh, it's also the Linfield Winter Million this weekend. We're, we're not going to go into any detail about it, really, because we're recording this on, on Thursday night, the first bit of the cards on Friday, so chances are you'll be listening to this after it's happened or during, and we don't have final decks either for the Sunday. But it's good to see good horses running not on a Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree. I like I like festivals that are midweek, and well, I like Sunday racing a lot more than Saturday racing, I think, sometimes, especially in the summer. Yeah, I hate Sundays. I have nothing to do on a Sunday most of the time, and it it does my head in. Uh, so I'd, I'd love for good cards to be more good cards to be on Sundays. Uh, horses worth mentioning that are running there, Jim. Anything you'd like to particularly flag up, uh, just so if if they do go home, when you can look like a clever bollocks. The mighty Miranda's running in the uh, in the hundred pound uh, hundred pound hundred thousand pound hurdle race. Gosh, I knew uh, prize money were bad, but. Um, Harry Cobden's jocked up aboard um, stepping up in trip is something that I think has been on the cards for a while and uh, this is a very very well this will be the best race she's ever running Um, she gets the weight for being the mayor and on official ratings I don't think she'll be far away on that but um, she needs to improve a bit more 
soft, heavy ground is what she enjoys. She likes to dig her toe in. The last couple of times, and good to soft. I think she's she's got away with, uh, but softer ground, I think, is what she wants. And uh, I, I think eight to one, uh, I'll be, I won't, I'll probably won't, I'll back her for the sake of backing her, but um, she hopefully she runs well in that. Um, nothing really uh, for me. Red rookies entered in the in the novice chase with Warlord. Uh, that that'd be an interesting renewal and and. Uh, Il Ridotto, um, Bristol Demai, Dashwood Drasher, Fakir Dudere. It'd be interesting to see Fakir Dudere if he makes the trip over. Um, I, I was very impressive first time out this season in the Clonmel Oil. Um, slightly underwhelming in the John Durkin, but I'd expect him to be back. He's, he's ultra consistent and holds his form well. And uh, I'm, I, I think Fakir Dudere will probably have, have the beating of a few of them. In at Lingfield, yeah, in the Fleur de Lee chase, he's going to Furless uh, against Alahol. Is he on on Sunday as well? Yeah, on Sunday in the uh, in the old King Rock Bray, which Alahol beat Ellie May in last year. Alahol's got to turn up there. Well, possibly turn up there. I don't think they've confirmed it yet. They said they might end up going straight to Cheltenham, but he's entered there, and if so, he'd be defending his title in that race. But uh, I read today that. Fakir is going to go to Furlish rather than Wingfield. All no, right. Well, ignore anything I just said, and that's why we don't preview Sunday racing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there are one or two horses I want to flag up at Wingfield. On Friday, big, fantastic ass fan. Uh, he's free to on to be a very, you know, unexposed and possibly progressive type in Broken Halo of, of uh, Nichols's. But I wouldn't be surprised if 140 proved to be. A potentially nice mark for Fantastic Ass. Uh, I hope he doesn't dance up in this to keep him on a similar low one for his mark and he's on the shortlist for the Ultima. I don't have a long Cheltenham handicap shortlist at all this year, but Fantastic Ass is one. I want to see where he's entered and what sort of mark he'll run off because I think he could be quite a well handicapped horse off 140 uh, with the potential for more to come. On the Sunday, uh, the Fleur de Lee chase, like you said, is, is the big one. Good to see Bristol Demai running there as well. Dashel Drasher, you know, very likeable types. Uh, my main point from this race is Lieutenant Rocco is going to be a proper horse if he's if he you know uh, remains full of his ability and fitness. I think he's going to be a, an absolutely heaven sent three mile handicap chaser. Uh, he's with Harry and Brian Brown now but he's entered in this for the first time since his injury. Not sure whether he'd rock up or whether he'd quite be good enough to win a race like this off-level weights. But it, as long as we, as long as uh, he shows something, keep on siphoning because there's going to be a big race in that, lad. You know, I was all over him for the Ultima last year and hoped he'd be back in time uh, to run in that Hennessy, which I thought he was ready-made for. So everything he did last year, especially over shorter, suggested he would be... 10 times a horse over three miles and he absolutely bolted up in a fair, fairly decent race first time he got that trip. So keep keep Lieutenant Rocco on side. He's, he's going to be a good animal. Uh, and also, again, we don't have final decks for anything, but the Surrey National, which is a good boat race, as I enjoy, the likes of Go Whatever in there who won the Sussex National last time out. Just half keeping out the fact that the two Amigos is in and he's, he's rated... A hell of a lot lower than he has been for a long time now with 
five pound claimer, David Pritchard, keeping the ride. You know, this is the horse who was placed behind Secret Reprieve twice last season. You know, finished a, a good third in the national trail, and he's racing off a off a mark fifteen pounds lower than that. After really only only two poor runs, and last time out wasn't even that bad. He was second to Black Lion, and this is probably the worst race he's contested for about you know two to three seasons. Uh, so he'd he'd be of interest to me, uh, depending on what the final field looks like. But it's been priced up at ten to one, and I just looked at that and I thought, I don't know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fly head first into thinking that the two amigos is only a one two nine horse nowadays. You know, if he is, he's regressed very, very, very quickly, and I don't think on what he's shown recently, you could be confident in saying that. So they were my two to three points of interest at Lingfield. Yeah, very interesting point. Thanks for the flattery, Jim. Uh, <laughs> anything else you would like to mention? Uh, we've, we've given Furlis a shout. Good racing there. Good racing at Navan as well. On Saturday, Tiger Roll uh, rocking up 22 to 1 to win the Navan handicap hurdle because it's Tiger Roll. He's half the price he should be, even at 22 to 1. Uh, every time I slate him, though, he wins. So who knows what's going to happen there? I do. He'll get battered. Uh, anything else, mate? I guess we, we kind of past the time of year for for good good horses to be pitched up in maiden hurdles and beginners chases you'd expect. Yeah, they were all last week sweeping up in, in all their maiden hurdles, odds on shots that I'd tipped. Um, no, I think it's naps comp time. It is, it is. Oh, there's just just the one more I mentioned at first, Jerry Colombs enters. Uh think he's a proper horse if he runs, uh be be a good one to watch. Uh Nap Comp though. Yeah, I'll kick things off. Nap of the weekend in the alt car is Shake'em Up Harry. Um, next best will be Phoenix Way in the handicap at uh, Ascot. And my third best will be in the Peter Marsh for Fortescue. My nap is going to be Molly Ollie's Wishes in the Warfield Mares Hurdle. You see, there, there are kind of a couple I like this week, and I've, I've, I've had... Half a, I've had to think about narrowing down to the three. I'm going to go next best. I'm going to take you on my Palmer's Hill. And my third best, I want it to be Yala Renke because I absolutely love him to bits, but I guess at the price is Empire Stone. You have him. You have the Yala Renke, son. No, I, I, I kind of think at the prices I want. Well, can I have five then? Because I'll put Shishkin in as well. Shishkin Yala Renke. Empire Steel and Shishkin Treble. Treble as a third best. <laughs> there you go. That's everything I like this week. I actually have, I was spot on with everything I said last week in that I wouldn't pick a single winner. That's what you, you were, call for analysis, knowing, Two, no, knowing when you don't know out. <laughs> Two winners in a, in a second for me last week. Aye, well done, lad. Move well, up in the world, aren't we? Eight to, eight to 11 and 10 to 11, so we can't exactly shout about them. <laughs> oh, no, I think I... Did I end up mapping Bob Ollinger? I think that was a winning that. Oh, yeah, yeah, remember that. 
Yeah, and three under through five, he went off a ridiculously uh, generous price, I thought, even at a, you know, a shade of odds on. He'll get warmed at Cheltenham, sorry. Yeah, the run wild Fred train is going to hit him. (laughs) Jim, thanks for being here. Thanks for turning up once again, Lou. Um, Hopefully everyone enjoyed and hopefully a few winners. It's the least we can do in it. Uh, thanks, thanks to rating the races for the for the support. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you all again next week. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe.